This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the program. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few minutes, Fred Snyder from Mackey Research Capital will join us to take your calls to talk about your money and your financial plan. In our second hour, we'll welcome back the world-class dentist from BC Perio. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. Never good news for travelers, especially with our first long weekend of the season coming up. But WestJet pilots have announced they're ready to go on strike if necessary, to press their demands for a contract. 91% was the count in favor of a strike at this week's vote. Pilots will be in a legal position to walk out on May 19th, but say they won't strike before May 22nd, and that's after the long weekend. WestJet says if your flight is canceled due to a labor dispute, you will receive a refund. The airline also says bookings have slowed down as passengers look for more predictable options, and in that regard, Guard Air Canada has added extra capacity on its domestic routes and is saying people can safely book on their airline and they will continue to adjust capacity too as demand grows. Under pressure from the U.S. government, Mercedes-Benz is recalling nearly 43,000 smart cars because the engines can catch fire. The recall covers the Smart for Two Cabrio and Coupe cars in the U.S. from the 08 and 09 model years. It comes after the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration opened an investigation a couple of years ago which found that an insulation mat can deform, deteriorate, and loosen over time. And that can allow it to touch hot exhaust system components and catch fire. The government found 27 reports of engine fires in the cars with one injury. Dealers will replace that rear insulation mat with an improved one. The recall is expected to start in July in the States. Now, in this country, Transport Canada has issued a notice affecting over 7,000 smart cars as well. Canadian customers will receive notice by mail to arrange a service appointment. Federal health officials say six Canadians have been stricken by a strain of E. coli that has a similar genetic fingerprint to romaine lettuce from the U.S. Southwest that has already sickened 149 people in 29 states. The Public Health Agency of Canada says two of the six Canadians traveled to the states before falling ill due to E. coli. Three became infected here in Canada, and the remaining case is under investigation. The six cases reported in four provinces, one each in B.C. and Alberta, two each in Saskatchewan and Ontario. One Canadian has been hospitalized. No deaths have been reported in Canada. The government says if contaminated romaine lettuce is in the Canadian market, the Canadian Food Inspection Agency will recall the product as required. Our producer Ben Dooley will have more on this later in the afternoon as well. Good news for B.C. craft brewers. We're winning. Earlier this month in Nashville, B.C. brewers won a total of nine awards, three gold, four silver, and two bronze at the World Beer Cup and Brew Expo. That's the second highest total out of 66 countries participating and over 8,000 beers entered. B.C. has become an important destination for craft beer lovers, and this year's ninth annual Vancouver Craft Beer Week is going to be another. 
another epic event. The last Friday in May, the 25th this year, is the opening day of 10 for the Big Beer Fest, which winds up again this year on its last weekend at the PNE on June 2nd and 3rd with tons of tasty and fun activities planned. Lots of more info and tickets at VancouverCraftBeerWeek.com. And finally, Toronto is the most youth-friendly country, a city rather, in Canada, according to the first-ever Youthful Cities Canadian Index. Despite topping the list, Toronto actually only scored a C, the same as Vancouver and Montreal. So why so low? Well, the survey says cities around the world are competing to become more livable, smart, innovative and desirable, or to put it another way, younger. And Canadian cities, well, have a lot of work to do. Youthful, by the way, refers to the age group 15 through 29, and the broad categories defined in the survey were live, work, and play. Each of our top three Canadian cities scores high in some categories, so we're at least on the right track, according to the researchers, just nowhere near where we could be yet. Those are some of the top stories we're following this week. We'll look at some more later in the show. Stay with us because we're about to open up our phone lines for your money and finance questions to Fred Snyder, Senior Vice President, Private Client Services and Investment Advisor with Mackey Research Capital. This is Vancouver Consumer on 980 CKNW. It is a beautiful 20-degree Saturday afternoon in downtown Vancouver. Sterling Fox with you at Vancouver Consumer here on CKNW. Joined in studio, a pleasure to welcome back Fred Snyder, Senior Vice President, Private Client Services, and Veteran Investment Advisor with Mackey Research Capital. Fred, good to see you again. And Stir, the same to you. Well, it's good to have you back with us. Thank You've you. been at this for a long time. You and I have been on doing this on the radio off decades and on again for a long decades. time. So you talked about, I, I mentioned right Right at the very beginning of the program, uh, Fred Snyder is going to be with us, I'm reading now, to take your calls and talk about your money and your financial plan. Over your decades of experience in the financial services business, Mr. Snyder, what what, uh, a portion of the population at any given moment actually has a financial plan? I do a lot of public speaking, and I often stand in front of a group of people, sometimes 100, sometimes 500. And I often say, how many people in this room have a written financial plan? Put your hand up. I'll get a few hands. So I would estimate on the high side, perhaps 10% of the people that are out there have a written financial plan. Why is it so low? Fear, I suppose. Maybe they don't think they have, they're embarrassed to tell people about their financial situation. Uh, They're lazy. They procrastinate. Do some people not have a plan, Fred, because they don't think they make enough money to warrant having a plan? That's part of it. Exactly. They're embarrassed to say, well, I don't make enough money, or maybe I need a lot of money to have a financial plan. Not true. None of that. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, uh, young or old. It doesn't really matter. Everybody needs a financial plan. I could make a case for a newborn baby having a written financial plan. Maybe the newborn baby wouldn't write the plan. Right, right, right. But I could say if you just had a, have a child, a, a recent birth, you should sit down with a financial advisor and make a financial plan for that child. Right. 
Now, that is a point in a lot of people's lives, and I can recall personally, for example, life insurance. Uh, when you're a young person mm-hmm. growing up, life insurance is not something you think about. But when you become a parent for the first time and you have responsibilities and things that are first first time in your life, suddenly at age, usually late 20s, you, you start thinking about things like life insurance. And maybe if you're if that is occurring to you, perhaps expanding that thought into a comprehensive financial plan, the timing is perfect. Well, think about it in this context. What is a financial plan? Some people think it's buying life insurance. I don't need a fin- I have I have a financial plan. I have a life insurance policy. Right, okay. I have a bunch of stocks that I bought. That's a financial plan. I got some mutual funds. That- None of those things. They're financial products. They're not financial plans. Okay. A financial plan is a document that says, this is a list of my goals. These are the things that I want to achieve. I want a bigger house. I want my first house. I want to have my own business. I want to have a business reserve. Mm-hmm. I want a succession plan to be able to pass my assets on to my children when I'm gone. Uh, what are your hopes, your plans, your dreams, and your ambitions? Put it all down on paper and make it very specific. That becomes your goals that a financial plan is built on. Then you make a list of your assets, your liabilities, your income, your expenses. You define where you stand right now relative to those goals. And the financial plan itself is the bridge that takes you from where you are right now to where you want to go financially. And very, very, very few people that I talk to have such a thing as a written financial plan. Interesting. Now, here in Vancouver, in Canada's (laughs) most expensive city, Fred, a lot of people are just struggling to keep up for crying out loud, mm-hmm. to, to make it through month after month without just without going into debt mm-hmm. just to live. Sure. When, when you're that kind of stretched, the idea of a financial plan for a lot of people feels like a fantasy. Where'd that money come from? Well, look, if you got to start out by saying, do I have a surplus or a deficit? Do I have a surplus or a deficit? What does that mean? Well, if I have a surplus, it means that at the end of the month, I've spent less than I earned. Right. If I have a deficit, it means that at the end of the month, I've spent more than I earned. And you've got to define that. That means a budget. And people hate budgets because they, they find it restrictive. Yes. It isn't. A budget will free you up because it tells you where you stand. So you have to make sure that you spend less than you earn. Where do you find your benchmarks? Go to Stats Canada. And you can look it up. You can look up what the average person in British Columbia or Vancouver spends on housing, on groceries, on vacation, etc. So you can find out whatever that is. So you can find out what it should be, and then you figure out how much do you spend? What does it cost you for the roof over your head? Mm -hmm. Do you rent or do you own? You have a mortgage payment to make. Is it tax deductible or not? These are all issues that you have to work with. You have to sit down with a financial advisor and say, here's how I spend my money right now. You tell me how I can spend it better than the way I'm spending it right now. Now, you may recall this survey from uh, earlier in the year from the Canadian Payroll Association. It was a national pan-Canadian survey. And they determined, Fred, that a lot of families, a high percentage of Canadian families are about 200 bucks away from a financial crisis. In other words, the, right the, they're stretched so thin that if you need a, 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 an engine job on your car sure. or somebody gets sick and can't work for a week mm-hmm. or two and the income isn't there, then you have in that household an actual financial crisis. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So is that part of uh, being disorganized? Because a plan really is all about just being organized. You have to get organized to the point where you can manage your money, where you can control how you're spending your money, 
where you end up at the end of every month with something left over. Mm-hmm. Some people say you pay yourself first. You, you consider yourself to be your oldest obligation and take something for yourself before you pay everybody else, budget to pay everybody else after you've paid yourself first. That way you can systematically save and invest, and frankly, that's what you have to do because there's no other way to become financially independent unless you're lucky enough to inherit the money to win the lottery or whatever. Part of everything you earn is yours to keep, and you should make sure that that happens. And we should probably add that a lottery ticket, while a wonderful investment in the great Canadian pastime, (laughs) lottery fantasies, a lottery ticket does not represent a financial plan. And it doesn't necessarily mean that even if you do win the lottery, that you're going to stay financially independent, because most people, according to surveys, who win the lottery end up being broke, not not too far down the You know, line. I worked with BC Lotteries for the better part of 10 years yeah. and gave away more than a few million dollars in, yeah. in my time. And yeah. you know, we, we found it. You can track these things. It is a trackable, identifiable mm-hmm. thing. And yes, again, even people who all of a sudden have a windfall of millions of dollars just out of the blue don't, for whatever reason, feel the need to become organized. I know a fellow who won two lotteries a year apart. Oh, two my. A year apart. And was broke a year later. Wow. In both cases. So what's the big impediment, by and large, to people coming forward and saying, you know, it's about time. We got everything mapped out here, so we have a stronger sense of where the heck we are. Well, I think, again, it goes back to having a financial plan. Right. It comes back to having a financial advisor that you can trust and that is competent, that can help you make the plan work. It, it, it comes back to making sure that you have the best products inside that financial plan. If it's, if it's securities, the best mutual funds, the best ETFs, the best stocks, mm-hmm. whatever is out there. You need a system, a selection system, which is going to help you pick the best products. You need to learn to shop. When you buy life insurance, you should shop for life insurance. You don't go – I mean, if you go to a specific life insurance company to buy a uh, – a life insurance policy, right? You're going to get their policy. You're not going to. They're not going to shop it for you. Mm-hmm. So you got to go to an independent advisor. I'm an independent advisor. I represent everything that's out there, so I can shop for product. I can go to the market and make sure that people get the best investments that are out there. And in many cases, it's almost like airline tickets. You know, you can check around on the internet and and, and think you've got a deal, but you know. There are always better deals. It's and, exactly the and, same thing. And, and, and it is, in many cases, you don't get the sweet deals on tickets because no. you don't know where to look and because you're not in the right category. They'll yeah. sell it to a travel agent, but they won't sell it to you at that price. You're and it's the same right. with advisors, right? It's no different. Yeah. You know, I, I say that there's three C's. This is a good way to remember things. You've got these formulas and, and ways to recall stuff. There's three C's. You have to find an advisor that's competent an advisor that cares, and an advisor that has character. Character standings for trustworthiness. So you look for the three C's. And and almost anybody you know, if, if you put them through that filter, their flaws pop right up. Sure. Does this person care enough to, about me to look after my money? Does is, is this person competent to look after my money? They may care, but they may not be competent. 
Or is this person honest enough to look after my money? Well, I remember last time you were with us, we had some phone calls. And by the way, guys, uh, Andrew and Chris, mm-hmm. let's open up those phone lines right now with any further ado. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. Last time you were here, we had some calls from people yes. wondering about those very topics, Fred, just wanting to get a little more information. And again, uh, 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 just wondering, we had one fellow, for example, say, well, you know, I went to the bank and I sat down with one of their investment people about trying to get a a toehold on this financial education stuff. And he Mm. said, you know, I got the strong feeling that the person didn't care about me one bit. The only thing they cared about was selling me bank product. You're right on. The reason I was with one of the major banks for a good piece of my career, and the reason I left is because they decided arbitrarily, that the minimum account size would be 250000 rather than the original 100000 and started taking accounts away from me that were under $250,000. Oh. Taking them away, literally. These people that came to me for advice, that trusted me to give me their money and have me look after it, mm-hmm. were suddenly dealing with somebody in Toronto that they didn't even know. Because they weren't uh, uh, wealthy enough to stay in that category. That's exactly right. Well. And so you walked on it. I, I find that well, disgusting. good for you. I find that disgusting. Yeah. Well, especially given the fact that you were just talking about the, the third C on your competent cares. The third C is character, as in trustworthiness. You got These it. people had trusted you with, uh, I imagine, a, a serious amount of money, if you're talking about a large group of people who, right. uh, who maybe didn't make the cut for the quarter, quarter million uh, club. You got it. <laughs> and so you hit the road. Yeah, And so tell us about Mackey Research Capital. What's different about them, and why are you so happy with them these days? Because, well, there's one key word, Sterling. It's called independent. Mackey Research does not have any of its own products. When people invest with Mackey, they're not investing in Mackey. They're looking for advice. Okay? You know, like I handle the investment products of RBC, CIBC, uh, investors, you name you you name the organization, I have all those products right okay. at, at my disposal. So it, it's like having a financial warehouse, and I can go into that warehouse and I can look at all the products that are sitting on those shelves of all the institutions that offer financial products, and provide those products to people. Like people call me all the time and they say, "Well, what about Bitcoin? Okay, or what about marijuana? Mm-hmm. Or what about investing in lithium?" Well, we have such products. Oh, really? So if somebody wants to invest in marijuana, we handle that. So it's, not, it's no longer considered so high risk that it's, uh, it's now a mainstream product, isn't I it? I won't say it's without risk. Right. Never said that. Right. But the pos- but possibility it has, it of profits has, are huge. Oh, of course, and we're seeing that already. It had originally, Fred, when marijuana yeah. stocks became available, uh, there was a kind of a high-risk association just because they were new. And, of course, it was that much further away from legalization. Mm-hmm. Well, they are volatile. There's, there's no question about volatility. But you can make a lot of money. And I, re- recently I, I was listening to CNN and Sanjay Gupta. Right. On there, basically said that marijuana is the only solution to the drug problem that currently exists. The only solution. And he he, he wrote a letter, and the letter was read out. He wrote a letter to Sessions, the Attorney General at the time, and said, please hurry up and legalize marijuana. Mm -hmm. Because it is the only solution to this horrible fentanyl problem that we have right now. Right. 
And of course, a testimony the, from a, a testimony from a fellow who was nominated to be the Surgeon General of the of the uh, of the United States. We'll talk more about uh, cannabis products and yeah. stocks mm-hmm. and their uh, the, their future. And also, uh, we'll take more of your calls too. It's six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight. We're going to take a quick mm-hmm. break for a short newscast. Six zero four two eight zero ninety eight ninety eight. When we come back, your calls to Fred Snyder, Senior Vice President, Private Client Services and Investment Advisor with Mackey Research Capital here on Vancouver Consumer. Welcome back to the show. It is 2.35 straight up on this beautiful Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by Fred Snyder. Mr. Snyder is Senior Vice President, Private Client Services and Investment Advisor with Mackey Research Capital Corporation. And uh, uh, reminded me during that uh, brief news break that every Thursday at noon at Mackey's Vancouver office, uh, just down from us, actually, at Georgia, uh, 1075 West Georgia, up on the 19th floor, our guest. Fred Snyder, every Thursday at noon, conducts a financial planning workshop. Correct. What's the charge, Fred? No charge. No charge at all. No it's charge. getting better by the moment. <laughs> so uh, it, and how long a session does it usually take? Two hours, and we serve lunch. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's, I guess, uh, right from the ground floor up then, right? The ABCs of financial planning? Well, my, my raison d'etre, my... My mission is to teach people what they need to know to make better financial decisions. That's what these workshops are all about. These workshops are to teach people the fundamentals of financial planning, what they should have learned in school but didn't. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to fill that role. So I'm going to teach people what they need to know to make better financial decisions. I'm going to teach them about making sure they have a surplus at the end of every month, if they have interest expense, they can make it tax deductible. How to shop for financial products and how to select the best financial products. How to find a financial coach or a financial advisor to help them keep their plan on track. Sure. To have a succession plan, to, to get the right products as far as life insurance is concerned and other forms of insurance to protect themselves against risk. How to diversify uh, the importance of asset allocation in their overall financial plan. So that their their whole financial situation is is very very delicately fine tuned mm. to help them achieve their goals and their aspirations, their hopes, their plans, their dreams, and their ambitions. So That's every Thursday, every Thursday at noon at ten seventy five West Georgia, yeah. Fred conducts a two hour financial planning workshop. Can I back you up because you identified a lot of the topic headings that you sure. deal with? Can I back you up to one that you mentioned early on in that list? Sure. Choosing a financial advisor. Yes. That is a, that's a huge speed bump for a lot of people. They use it as an excuse. Well, I haven't found anybody I, I like or can trust or even wants to talk to me. So how it, does that selection process work? Well, if, 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 a, if a financial advisor has some letters after their name like CLU, like RFP, like CFP, those, those designations prove that that particular advisor has gone through some rigorous financial training, Mm -hmm. that that financial advisor is committed to the industry and and did the the required studying to get those designations. That financial advisor is regulated by by oversight. Someone looks at what that financial advisor does. 
So those designations are extremely important. When, when a financial advisor holds themselves out to be a financial advisor and doesn't have those designations, that itself says something. So uh, in terms of your search, your quest to find the right financial advisor for your life, sure. look for credentials. Credentials is what we're talking about. Okay. And a lack of credentials may not mean the end of the day, but it's, it's a warning sign, isn't it's a, it? It's a red flag. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's a good place to start. And again, and then then you have that all important conversation, recognizing that it's a two way street. They're interviewing you as much as you're interviewing them. Could this possibly be an advisor client relationship? You got it. You're right on, Sterling. Okay, and um, it sometimes takes a while, doesn't it? Well, it's it, it's it's a bit of work. It's it, it's it's not necessarily easy. It's not necessarily hard either. I'm not suggesting that. Right. But it takes effort. It takes effort to become successful financially. It takes effort to get a financial plan. It takes effort to find a financial advisor. There's always some effort involved. Mm-hmm. And if you're not prepared to spend the time or the uh, take the time to put that effort out, you're probably going to fail financially. Mm-hmm. Okay? All right. You might get lucky and get around it. It's not likely, though. Education is the key. Always has been, isn't it? Well, uh, j- j- just imagine... Uh, a doctor who wasn't taught in school about medicine and things like that mm-hmm. and holds himself out to be a doctor. Would you want to go to that doctor? I, I don't know. think so. <laughs> 604-280-9898. We did open up the phone lines a few minutes ago. Tracy in Vancouver, good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Sterling. Hi, Tracy. Even, and even a better good afternoon to Fred. <laughs> yeah, hi there. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Been a long time. Well, last last week on another station. <laughs> so what's what's your question to Fred this afternoon, Tracy? Well, my question is more of a statement of things that I have gone through in my life with financial planning and using my TFSA uh, to augment my uh, retirement pension income, which is the same every month, of right. course. And people quite often say, I don't have any money. I, you know, like I've got enough with my CPP and my OAS and maybe, and no, maybe no pension uh, from an from mm. a employer. Right. So, so my statement is to encourage seniors who don't, or even people who, who maybe aren't quite at that senior uh, level, to... to to organize their tax-free savings account so they can draw money out on a monthly basis. Right. Which is which means getting something in uh, dividend-paying uh, income or equity or something. I don't personally like to cut away at my equity. Mm-hmm. So I've been doing uh, dividend-paying mutual funds, and I am very pleased with some of them. Uh, some of them I'm not particularly pleased with, but uh, uh, I think that if more people are aware of the fact that the tax-free savings account, it doesn't have to be, and Fred has mentioned it many times, does not have to be in a 0.5 uh, bank account, and a 0.5% bank account. Uh, it can be in mutual funds. It can be in 
in uh, all kinds of things that so can be in. what you've done, Tracy, as I understand it, just listening to you, is you've made some investments inside your tax-free savings account into financial instruments that to, uh, that deliver dividends to you on a regular basis. And because they're coming from that tax-free savings account, that's literally free cash that you don't have to declare as income at the end of your, at your year. Is that it? That's exactly right. And as long as the government is willing to accept that, then I'm going to go for it. Well, you know, the government did, of course, cut the, the darn uh, tax-free savings account allowance in half when right. Trudeau got it. He cut it from ten down to 5000 per right. year. But nonetheless, it's an instrument, Fred, that I think a lot of Canadians still don't understand. Do you agree? Totally. Uh, a lot of people really misunderstand the TFSA. Number one, you can put money into a TFSA. You can make a ton of money, and you can withdraw that money income tax-free. You can borrow from the TFSA and put it back. If you take uh, $10,000 out, you can put it back, but you can't put it back the same year. Right. It's considered an over-contribution. I know people that I've talked to on occasion that are making tons of money in their TFSAs. They might have $300,000 in a TFSA. When you consider the fact that the maximum contribution, perhaps at that time, was fifty-five thousand dollars, that's mm-hmm. the most they could have put in. That's right, and it's worth, we'll say, three hundred thousand. Well, that tells me that they're churning that account right, left, and center. They're virtually day trading, and they think that that's legal. It isn't. Oh, really? I warn anybody that's doing that right now. If CRA does an audit of, in your particular case, they're going to say that you're in the business of of, of playing the stock market. And they're not going to consider that to be savings, legal uh, TFSA contributions, right, right. and they will tax you on that and take away the, even the capital gains treatment. Well, at the at the S in TFSA is savings, That's and if you're doing day trading, you're not really saving a whole lot, are you? And they they pick you're up on that. Speculating, of course. Okay. But most people don't do that. And the TFSA was never really designed for those who wanted to speculate. Right. So the bottom line is, if you put money into a TFSA. And, you, and you're not constantly trading, uh, day trading per se. If you're not constantly doing that, you're making tax-free money. Right, so as Tracy example, just explained, what a great call that was. Thank you, Tracy. If, if, if you put money into a TFSA, we'll say for six years, and you could get a return of 12%, and I'm not suggesting you will or you won't. That's not the point. Right. If you divide the rate of return into 72, 12 goes into 72 six times. Mm-hmm. So if you can get 12% on your, money, on your money, you double it every six years. So if a couple uh, had never made a TFSA contribution, and I'm sure there's many out there right now listening to this show that have never made a TFSA contribution, right. that couple can contribute over $100,000 to a TFSA Between and earning tax-free money. Mm-hmm. So if that $100,000 generates a rate of return of 12%, they'll double the 100000 in six years to 200000 So they've made $100,000 of profit, and it is 100% income tax-free. Yeah. Think about that as an example. I think a lot of people that may have been able to move some of their money in the direction of a TFSA, particularly as they get on in life, Fred, get more concerned about that RSP and making sure that it's where they want it to be, and perhaps forgetting that the the TFSA can work in tandem with the RSP in terms of your future. If somebody puts, Sterling, if somebody puts money into a TFSA... Uh, excuse me, into an RSP. Right. And let's say the RSP generates a tax refund of $10,000. Well, 
what do they do? They usually take the tax refund of $10,000 and they spend it. Mm-hmm. Don't spend your tax refund. Reinvest it in a TFSA. Okay? And and I, I, I have numbers, and you, you, you can project the numbers into the future and, and look down the road, and you'll have enough money in the TFSA to pay the income tax on the RSP. Mm-hmm. Because the RSP is not tax-free. It's tax-deferred. Right. The TFSA is tax-free. Can you remind us of the rules regarding RSPs? Because there comes a certain point in every RSP holder's life that they have to move out of an RSP into a different vehicle. They don't really have to change the investments. They ha- it, it becomes a RIF, right. a registered retirement income fund, rather than an RSP. But some people wrongly think they have to switch the investments from whatever they're investing This is why I'm asking else. you about this. Okay. Uh, you can keep the same investments. You, you may have five different mutual funds or something inside your RSP. Right. You can keep those same five funds. You just rename it from RSP to RIF. Once it becomes a RIF, you are now forced to make a withdrawal. You have to take at least the minimum required out. There's a formula for doing that. I'm not going to get into that right now. Right, but the feds but, have got that all but nailed down. A, you can Google it and get, and get the amounts. It's easy to get. Right. So basically, uh, you're forced to do the minimum withdrawal, and you have, you have to establish the RIF. By the end of the year, you turn 71. Okay. But you don't have to take a withdrawal that year. You can defer the withdrawal until the following year. So the year that you're 72, any time during that year. Now, you can take a monthly, you can take a quarterly, you can take a biannual or an annual withdrawal, but you have to take the minimum withdrawal in that year. And that's taxable, too, isn't it? It's taxable. Right. And if you withdraw more than the minimum, there's tax withheld at source. Okay? If it's the minimum, there's no tax withheld. You still have to pay the tax. Mm Mm-hmm. These are the rules, and really, if you take an example, and this is just an arbitrary example, let's suppose that you can make a $20,000 RSP contribution, and you're in a 50% tax bracket. If you make a $20,000 RSP contribution, you're going to save $10,000 in tax. Mm -hmm. So take the $10,000 tax refund and put that into a TFSA account. Right. Okay. Now, it's more than the more than the the minimum TFSA contribution or the TFSA contribution. But if you haven't made any, that's you've correct. got 55 that you can get to in a real hurry, you right? You get all that carryover that that because if you missed it last year, you can carry it over until this year. Yes, that's right. exactly right. Fred, there's one thing that uh, one point that I wanted to yeah. make while we're still sitting here and uh, just enjoying Tracy's call a few moments ago. Uh, not everyone listening to us uh, is keen to be on the radio discussing their financial affairs or asking uh, well, what some may consider to be an embarrassing financial question. I get that. But you have an assistant who has been with you forever in a day named Frida, who uh, is standing by at a different number. And if you'd like to give that number, Fred, those anyone listening to us right now who would like to talk to you and talk about this financial plan and all the other questions that you've raised this hour, uh, give us Frida's number it's and the so most, how they can set up that it's appointment. It's the most important number of all, ladies and gentlemen, listeners out there. It is the number. Write it down, memorize it, whatever. 604-662-1866. Frida's down at the office right now, so if you're listening to the show, you can call her. Right. Book an appointment to see myself. If there's a question that you want answered, give 
her the question. She can call me. She'll pass it on to me, and I'll get back to you. Okay, so the number just to call directly to Fred's office and speak directly to Frida, again, is 604-662-1866. And I suppose another opportunity to so to meet up with you face-to-face and have a look at uh, perhaps sitting down for a longer conversation under an appointment would be to show up for one of your financial workshops that, there on a Thursday afternoon. That would uh, be a great idea. Sit through the, the, the workshop, and at the end of it, uh, have an opportunity to shake your hand and have a little chat. You got it. Okay, so the address for that is 1075 West Georgia. It's the old McMillan Blodell building, uh, just a few blocks from us here. And uh, they're up on the 19th floor. And these workshops, these financial planning workshops conducted by Fred Snyder, go every Thursday at noon, last a couple of hours, and they even toss in lunch. At 1075 West Georgia. And we can even talk about marijuana. Oh, I suppose. uh, (laughs) Now, I'm looking at the the Mackey Research Capital website, and it's MackeyResearch.com, friends. And right there on the news page, uh, talking about a company called Cannabis Wheaton Corporation, has a big upside, and this is the same company that used to do silver. Do they still do silver as well? As far as I know. So they've just branched out yep. into a whole other area of activity, and sure. Mackey is right behind it. You got it. Interesting stuff. Fred, always a pleasure. We appreciate you coming by. And don't forget, friends, if you've been listening to the broadcast, and you, we've, list, we've raised a few items, a few issues, mm-hmm. and you'd like maybe some clarification or a chance to just sit down with Fred, uh, give Frida a call right now down at the office at 604-662-1866. Thanks, Fred. We'll catch up to you in a few weeks here. Thanks, sir. Always interesting when you come by. Lots of questions for Mr. Snyder. We're back after this break. And once again, our thanks to Fred Snyder of Mackey Research Capital for another very informative visit. Thanks for your calls. Coming up in the next hour, a conversation with the world-class dentist from B.C. Perio and more of your calls. Time now for Dooley Noted. And this time, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at the new plastic ban in Britain. Thanks, Sterling. The British government is continuing its crusade against plastic waste, this time turning its attention toward wet wipes. The government now says that wet wipes used for multiple purposes, such as cleaning babies, removing makeup, and wiping hands, are another single-use product that is causing too much waste. That means manufacturers will either have to stop selling the products or figure out how to make them biodegradable. The Department of Economics, Food, and Rural Affairs said Monday the move could occur in the next 25 years as part of Prime Minister Theresa May's bid to end the use of all avoidable plastic waste by 2042. Here's Theresa May explaining part of her plan. We have an opportunity to deliver lasting change that benefits all of our 2.4 billion people. The ban would also include other products such as cotton swabs that are often flushed down the toilet and end up in water systems. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has skirted questions over whether Canada would join in. However, Environment Minister Catherine McKenna has launched Canada's Dialogue on Plastic Waste. The dialogue is meant to gather Canadians' views on how the country can curb plastic waste. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thank you, Ben. Talking about straws, at least, at Vancouver City Council just a couple of days ago. 
Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we have to go. After a successful four-month pilot project in Ontario, McDonald's has started serving bagels across Canada. Why? Well, it turns out in that biz, breakfast is the fastest-growing part of the day for the past five years, and breakfast sandwiches make up one-third of everything sold. Tim Hortons had a lock on those items for years, but McDonald's, A&W, and Starbucks are just a few of the chains now going directly after that market segment. In Mickey D's case, the bagels will come in four varieties. Consumers can choose between two types of cream cheese or butter and can even substitute bagels for bread on some sandwiches. What's next? Well, overseas, McDonald's already sells porridge, breakfast pies, toast, croissant, broth, and noodles. So if this experiment works out, who knows where they'll go next. While we here in Metro Vancouver are finally getting some supermarkets which sell beer, wine, and spirits, the folks in Atlantic Canada are getting their heads around the idea of going to the supermarket to pick up some recreational cannabis. Ten Loblaws stores in Newfoundland and Labrador under the Dominion brand have been named as qualified applicants to sell pot products. Loblaws also own Shoppers Drug Marts, and we've reported on this show about that company's plans to distribute medical marijuana. But the supermarket is a new twist. There won't be a cannabis aisle in the store either. It'll be much more discreet with cannabis products behind a counter in the smoke shop area adjacent to the store. Still, It represents a development many of us thought we'd never see in several lifetimes, let alone our own. And next weekend, the long one, we'll see thousands of comic and graphic novel fans invade our city for the 2018 Vancouver Comic Arts Festival. It happens next Saturday and Sunday at the Roundhouse Community Center down in Yaletown, and it'll feature artists, writers, and creators from all over the world. It's going to be a huge event, lots of performance aspects to it, and if you're interested, you might want to plan ahead. Oh, and here's the best part. It's free. Lots more information for the 2018 Vancouver Comic Arts Festival next weekend at vancaf.com. Vancaf.com. And that's it. The news is coming up in just a few moments, thanks to producer Chris Brentlinger-Grant and to Andrew Ferreira at the controls. I'm Sterling Fox, and more Vancouver Consumer is on the way next hour after Global News on 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.